Today we start our sermon series, The Gift. It's our Advent series. We'll be looking at the prophets, mainly Micah and Isaiah, and, and the good news that they have about Jesus and, and what that means, not only for the Israelites at the time, but, but for us today as well. Today we're going to start in Micah chapter 5, verses 2 to 4. Micah 5, 2 to 4. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Therefore Israel will be abandoned until the time when she who is in labor bears a son, and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word, for your word is truth. God, I pray that you would speak through your word today, that you would perform the miracle that feeds our souls. pray this in your name. Amen. Oh, the Christmas season. (laughs) The season of shopping and trees and warm clothes. The season of six songs playing over and over on the radio, just sung by like, I don't know, like 40 different artists. The season of holiday specials taking over the television screens all over America. I mean, growing up, my favorite Christmas movie, and I mean, it still is, is It's a Wonderful Life. I love It's a Wonderful Life. It just, it just gets me in the mood. It's, it's like it's not really the Christmas season if I haven't watched It's a Wonderful Life. I, I just love that movie, man. It's just so good. My children, however, not, not big fans. They uh, boring at this point for them. They, they leave the room after, after we put that on, not, not too much longer. Uh, and then, uh, but, but their favorite is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. As we were watching Rudolph for the fourth time this past week, our passage today came to mind. Particularly the part where Rudolph the Reindeer with the red nose and his elf friend Hermie, who instead of making toys, has the dream of being a dentist. Uh, hey, to each their own. And, and Hermie's own <laughs> is being a dentist. And then Yukon Cornelius, the prospector in search of wealth, each of them are an outcast because of their differences, right? Each of them, they, they don't really fit in. They don't really know where they belong because of their differences. And they, through a series of events, they end up on the island of misfit toys. Now, this is an island for misfits or for, for toys that are unable to function as originally intended. They're misfits. Each of the toys on this island is there because they have a defect. None of them work as they are intended to. There's the train who has square wheels instead of round ones. The squirt gun that shoots jelly instead of water. Mothers across America are very happy that that particular toy is exiled to the, uh, the island of misfit toys. Jelly instead of water. No, no thanks. Have fun getting that out. The owl that can't fly, but instead swims. Not to be left out is the cowboy that 
rides an ostrich instead of a horse and the -the jack-in-the-box, whose name is Charlie, instead of Jack. None of these toys was able to function as intended. Each of them had a defect that left them unfit to fulfill their purpose. Similarly, the kingdoms of Israel and Judah had defects that left them unable to fulfill their purpose. They had flaws that could not be overlooked. Israel, the northern kingdom, and Judah, the southern kingdom, were both experiencing great material and economic prosperity. From the outside, it looked like these kingdoms had it all together. Like they had all their ducks in a row. Like they were functioning as intended. But if we had been able to pull back the curtain, had gotten to see a clear, unhindered view, we would see something totally different. We would see something that was no longer functioning as God intended. For in truth, these kingdoms were both overrun with political, social, moral, and religious corruption. They were no longer looking to the God of their fathers, but following after whatever pleased them at the time. For they felt secure that the promises which God made to their forefathers were made to them as well that they were a chosen and blessed people. And yet they were not relying on nor obeying the God of Abraham, but were instead focused on pleasing the gods of their stomachs, the gods of their desires. It was into this context that the prophet Micah spoke. When the word of the Lord came upon Micah, these are the people to whom he was speaking. The situation in Israel and Judah got so bad, the people were so stubborn and so ignorant that Micah prophesied in the beginning of verse 3 that the Lord abandoned the people. Abandoned them. That he left them alone to their own devices. That he gave them over to their desires. It's the same language that we read in Romans chapter 1, verses 21 to 25, where we read, For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him. But their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. And then verse 24, Therefore God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator who is forever praised. Amen. God gave them over to their sinful desires. They were no longer functioning as intended. They had forsaken their true king. The human kings and their people had forgotten what it meant to be the people of the living God. When the prophets reminded them, they responded with deaf or at least willfully ignorant ears to the proclamation of truth they were being presented with. 
They had forgotten the true king. They were no longer functioning as intended. What's wrong with these people? What was wrong with the kingdoms of Israel and Judah? How could they so easily forget and forsake their God? It can be hard to not look down on these people. It's tempting to distance ourselves from them, claiming that we would have known better, that we would not have forgotten, that we would have obeyed, that we would have functioned as intended. There's a parallel to how we view the people of, the, of Israel in the Old Testament and a discussion that took place around our kitchen table the other night. Each evening before dinner, our family joins hands around the table and we pray together, thanking God for the food that we're about to eat. The other night, uh, one of my children piped up right after saying the prayer, Dad, Dad, Caleb didn't close his eyes while we were praying. Oh, really? <laughs> Son, how, how do you know this? Well, because I was watching him. <laughs> if you were watching him, were your eyes closed? We are also broken, aren't we? We are also not functioning as intended, and sometimes we don't even realize it. We're so busy focusing on others, so busy looking at the sin in the lives of, of others or, or belittling, uh, trying to make not as big a deal out of the sin in our lives. And in this case, the, the sin we're looking at in the lives of others is that of the Israelites in the Old Testament. You know, we're so busy with all these other things that we don't even realize the sin that is living and active within ourselves. We don't even realize that we are broken in the same ways. We spend our time praying with our eyes open, as it were. The human condition has not changed since the time that Micah prophesied to the people of Israel. Do we worship perfectly? Do we act perfectly? Are we perfect neighbors? Do we refrain from having idols? No. No. Just like our brothers back in the Old Testament, we today are broken and not functioning as intended. And yet, our verse does not end here. It does not leave us outside of God's grace. It does not leave us left to our own devices. Instead, it continues saying, Until the time when she who is in labor bears a son. Until the time when she who is in labor bears a son. God provides the answer. He sends his son born from out of the Lord's people, from the people of Israel. Israel is the woman who is in labor in Micah 4, 9-10, and gives birth here in Micah 5, 3. The Savior comes from the people that God has chosen, the same people that He left to their own devices. So despite the rebelliousness, despite the turning away, we see that God not only has grace on His people, 
but that he uses them as well. He uses them as well. It is from them, from this stubborn and disobedient people, that the Savior of the world comes. Jesus was not just the answer for the Israelites in the Old Testament. Jesus is the answer for us today as well. His death on the cross and his resurrection from that death are what the hopes of our Old Testament brothers looked forward to. And they are why we can be confident in our hope as we look back. God provided the answer for both those in the Old Testament and for us today in the present. The the gift of His Son. On our own we are broken and we do not function as intended. But when we believe that what the Bible says is true, when we believe that Jesus Christ suffered and died for our sake, when we believe that he died and rose again, stealing the victory from the opposition, when we believe that Jesus lived the perfect life that we could not, when we believe this, then it is Jesus Christ who functions for us. When we have faith in him, it is Christ who functions for us. In Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the toys who had been outcast to the island of misfit toys were saved by the love of children. Children who loved them in spite of their defects, in spite of their lack of functionality. In our context, it is God who loves us so much that he sent Jesus to live the life that we could not. And when we believe in him, when God looks at us, he does not see the sin, the lack of functionality, but instead he sees Christ. It is Jesus Christ who functions for us. And he does so much more than just function where we could not. He does so much more than just meet expectations. Our passage today tells us that Jesus, that this spiritual ruler sent by God, is our shepherd. He is our refuge. Verse 4 we read, He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth. And they will live securely. We will live securely. This does not mean that everything will always be the way that we desire it. But that in Christ, our hope is secure. As one commentary put it, this prophecy provided hope for people thousands of years ago. It continues to engender trust and confidence in God's promises For people today. Again, this prophecy provided hope for people thousands of years ago, and it continues to engender trust and confidence in God's promises for people today. As this Advent, this Christmas season continues, 
Remember that God did what he told us he would do. What was prophesied through his servant Micah all those many years ago, he sent his son. And through his son, he doesn't see our sin. For through Jesus, he reconciled us unto himself, lowly sinners that we are. How great and how wide is the depths and heights of the love and grace of our God. And so, just as he kept his promises to send us our king, so we can trust and believe that he will see this prophecy through. That one day, his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth. Thanks be to God. Amen.